0: Welcome back to the Bison Boys Podcast. Today is your host, Spencer Relepsch, with co-hosts Jack Clifford, Austin Mendes, and Jack Morvin. Uh, Today we're coming to you with a special edition episode. Recently, me and Cliff took a trip to the Super Bowl as part of one of our courses, and we're going (coughs) to recap it. We're going to give you guys the inside knowledge, and we're just going to talk about our experience and how fun it was. So, I mean, to start out today, Cliff. Super Bowl 58 Las Vegas what was your biggest takeaway how much Man. fun was that
1: it was I, I don't know i can't put it into words of how amazing it was i think there was just once in a lifetime opportunity and i'm blessed that i was able to go on it along with you along with many other different students that were on that trip but i think it was a real like not only from a fan perspective but kind of a operations perspective i got we got to see a lot of behind the scenes work that we wouldn't normally see on a day-to-day basis amongst NFL games so it's definitely a surreal moment for sure.
0: And for Austin he attended this trip same course last year in Phoenix and seeing the differences between Phoenix and Super Bowl 58 is something we're going to touch on today and we're also going to get the fans perspective from what people saw on the outside from Jack Morvin today. So to start off Cliff your Super Bowl experience on the day of the game what was it like? Uh, so started start off we were
1: up early in the morning just about, well it wasn't necessarily early but their time uh, pacific standard time was about seven thirty. we all woke up and headed to allergy and stadium i think i said that correctly but we were, we were there and our, our shift time started at 9 we ended our night off at 9 p.m so it was a 12 hour shift it's kind of a doozy but you had to really live in the moment really appreciate your surroundings of where you were as a individual and we were working it so we had a Kinda of take appreciation of what we were doing, but yeah it was it was a fun time the whole day. We started off slow, and then the gates didn't open up until eleven and then people started to come in, all the floodgates started open up and, and it was a kind of a cool thing. We got to see a little bit of the game, but at least where I was standing it was it was um it was in a tucked away corner but there's still a little tv kind of like we have over there but i I was able to watch a little bit of it back corner over
0: there too yeah a lot of stories about the people you saw coming in the news and things like that i saw a a
1: huge list of celebrities such as like ryan garcia uh i saw jessa a youtuber uh, i saw the d'amelio family famous tiktok family uh, a bunch of other celebrities johnny dang who makes all those crazy jewelry but just some notable people i saw throughout my time lebron james lebron james underneath (laughs) my nose which was probably the the craziest experience ever. But yeah, I think just like, just being there, the atmosphere of all the fans
0: and everybody was just crazy. I know from our side where me and Mark were, Mark was my partner during that day. We uh, were really right next to the suites, but on the concourse level. So being able to see the fans come by, help them out. I mean, when they started coming in at 11, we welcomed them with a smile. telling them, welcome to Super Bowl 58. And they were all hyped up, ready to go. Right. Whether they came from the tailgate or not. But I think the coolest part about it, and I'm sure you'll agree, was really just being there, not even necessarily being able to watch some of the game, hearing the fans cheer, hearing the PA go crazy. The halftime show that we got a couple peeks of was yep. amazing. But the experience as a whole was amazing just because it's like you're at the Super Bowl. It's something that. 95% of people probably aren't gonna 95 is probably even it's probably even more than that aren't ever gonna experience and there are definitely pros and cons to watching it on tv uh definitely some things that i think i would have rather seen on tv like the halftime show and a little bit of the first half but at the same time it's an experience i'm never gonna forget and something that i'm gonna hold with me for the rest of my life just because of the things i saw the people i saw you spoke ryan garcia he waved to me i saw dan orlovsky who Johnny Manziel uh Johnny Manziel some of the other people saw so it was cool things like that and to turn it over on its side Austin was not inside the stadium for his shift but he was around for Super Bowl week and tell us what were some of your takeaways from the Super Bowl week in Phoenix
2: thanks for rubbing it in my face <laughs> that I was in, in the stadium for the game but um yeah, we landed in Phoenix last year on Monday. Immediately you walk out of uh, the air- the airplane and you were smacked in the face with Super Bowl merchandise, uh, signage, everywhere, all over Phoenix International Airport. Um, we leave out of the airport and hop in our van. We start heading down to uh, go to our house, and everywhere you turn, Super Bowl 50, what was it, 57? Yep. Super Bowl 57 stuff everywhere. And you have Eagle stuff here. You have Chiefs stuff there. Uh, the mountains alongside uh, the highway in Phoenix. There was Super Bowl stuff everywhere. Um, as for how that week went. Uh, We went to Chase Field, that was a cool experience there. Um, And then kind of got to hang around Old Town Scottsdale. Following that, down in Old Town Scottsdale, there was ESPN stuff everywhere. You didn't really see that much Super Bowl stuff. I mean, we went there the following day, the Wednesday morning, and that's when the Super Bowl was taking over Old Town Scottsdale. You had first take there with Stephen A. Smith, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name that does uh, first take with Stephen A. Smith, but um, that was before Shannon. Was
3: there. Yeah, it was sorry.
1: before Shannon. So it was him. um.
3: Matt
2: Kellerman. No, the dog. Uh, Chris oh, Russ- Chris
3: Russo. Yeah. Oh, him.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, everywhere you went the next day in Old Town Scottsdale, there was Super Bowl Fifty Seven stuff everywhere. Then. We went from there to where we would be working at the Phoenix Convention Center during the day, and I'm sure we'll talk about our own Super Bowl experience, experiences. Um, Positives and negatives. In a few short moments, but we went there and met with Christian McCaffrey. Jared Haye actually ran into Pat McAfee on the street, just walking down the street. That's funny. Um, and yeah, we'll get into our experiences in a moment, but game day i was there from a long early 3 a.m <laughs> till 11 a.m it was freezing uh, of course for those of you that know science um the desert is pretty cold at night <laughs> um so i looked like i was bundled up for an alaskan trip and not a trip to the great desert of phoenix oh, definitely the same problem we had i mean it was in yeah. the 30s and 40s when we
0: got i know we were there, inside so. but Every, in, o- every other time we were outside it was yeah, freezing like the whole week it's like we're in vegas we're expecting it to be 60 65 and that's all that but to harp on your point about seeing super bowl advertisement everywhere i would say i think they did a little bit better job of that in phoenix than they did in las vegas in las vegas it was still really the casino atmosphere the kind of come and gamble atmosphere you walk into the into the airport and you don't see super bowl first thing you see slot machines yeah so it's, there it's, there was
1: some but not much like i like, remember there,
0: there were some hangers and the
1: and baggage streamers. the baggage claim i spe- specifically remember like they had like digital signs like coming straight out yeah. of it and it said all super bowl stuff like promoting patrick mahomes and brock Purdy yeah. at the top of it but like that that kind of stuck out to me at least for signage wise because i don't know i feel like the signage in
0: vegas wasn't really as much as it seems like in arizona yeah uh Arizona seems to have done a way better job in Vegas. A lot of it was obviously Caesar's Palace and all yeah. those places they yeah. had they had their their light shows and instead of yeah. showing regular advertisements, it was a lot of Super Bowl ads. but when you walk the street, they're really besides the catwalks that go over the road, which were all covered in Super Bowl advertising yeah. on the street itself, not many shops, oh, not any. many buildings had Super Bowl advertising yeah. many buildings were Kind of regular going about business, just trying to pull in some Super Bowl fans. But mm-hmm. even where the Super Bowl experience was, there's not much signage outside no. of Mandalay. There was not much signage outside of Mandalay Bay saying, yeah. "Hey, here's a Super Bowl experience."
1: I think, especially to what I noticed, sorry to cut you off, but I think Vegas is such like a like a narrow like kind of area where they wanted to put the signage out in a boat, like like the catwalks. So like you said, there was at least one uh, like. Signage of Super Bowl Fifty Eight around each catwalk that literally wrapped around the whole like, like four way intersection. So that was probably like the bigger ones that amongst that what I saw. And then there was like a little like statue in front of uh the Caesar's Palace um statue that had a mock trophy, I'm sure. And then it was like a Super Bowl Fifty Eight and like a little big like, uh, I I don't know what the term is called, but like a, like an arch a yeah, like a arch. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of, but. It was that was really like the only big things in the city, but realistically, like there's there's only so much that they can do, and then the big one was on the um uh, one of the hotels, I think it was like a Pepsi sponsor with Super Fifty Eight on. That was probably yeah. the biggest one, but it was up you sixty stories. Everywhere. I'm sure you, you can see up. it everywhere. Even when we were up in Red Rock Canyon, you could see it. So it's like that. There was only so much that we could do, and I'm sure Arizona is more spread out compared to
0: Vegas when it's like all clumped up. Yeah, and speaking of advertising, we were talking about this before, but Jack, from you at home, you said earlier that you felt they really didn't market it much. Compared to other Super Bowls and credit other stuff, what did you see being here during the week of the Super Bowl, whether, whether it was social media, TV commercials? How much did they really market it outside
3: of Las Vegas? Social media was probably the only real place I saw it marketed. I mean nowadays that is probably the biggest way to market anything really um just the major support networks just you know putting out different statistics for the super bowl you know daily they would just throw out stats for the chiefs and the niners you know different stuff um you sure it was the chiefs and the niners or was it just the chiefs <laughs> i would probably say more chiefs than niners yeah however there was a lot of the a lot of the marketing I saw was more just like talk about like the players and stuff like that because obviously there's the whole Taylor Swift and Kelsey thing so that was a big one obviously Mahomes is the big one and then they would flip it over to like the Brock Purdy thing uh, Brock Purdy obviously we've mentioned that he's a 7th round pick everyone knows that you know it's just like they, they marketed them in different ways through social media but I think they really are glazing the I'm I mean the Chiefs excuse me and how good they are and everything, and then like the Niners, obviously they were the favorites to win, but they weren't marketed as the favorites to win the game. It oh, okay. almost seemed like everything through social media was pointing towards the Chiefs winning everything because of everything else involved with the Chiefs, you know. And the Niners, I think, obviously they weren't marketed as much, but obviously they were involved in it. And I wouldn't even say that there was commercials about it. Really, there wasn't. There's not really, that's not really a thing I don't really think anymore about that. Um, yeah, everybody knows the Super Bowl is coming up, so might as well just not waste the time on it. Right, so a lot of, like I said, a lot of the marketing was just a lot of statistics, a lot of graphics that were put up, you know, comparing people, comparing teams past in the Super Bowl, teams, players, and comparing QBs, running backs, etc etc So it's just like, you know, the marketing isn't really great for stuff like that, but again, I see why they don't need to market it as much. I mean, there's minimal people in America that know the Super Bowl isn't coming yeah. in the second week of February, right? <laughs> so, but I think, I, I mean, again, seeing more market would have marketing would have been cool, but, you know, to what extent is it needed? I think to talk about that Chiefs bias
0: that you're talking about, even in Las Vegas, and Cliff can attest to this, we saw a lot more Patrick Mahomes and we saw George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and... That really surprised me, considering it's an hour, flight from San, an hour hour and a half flight from San Francisco there. There were a lot of 49ers fans there, but a lot of the advertising was Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Not even as much Kelsey as I thought we'd see. Not a, Almost, there was no Taylor Swift, because she wasn't performing in a show there. And that's what I think, because Vegas is more of that show town, go and gamble, sports betting, and all that stuff. But a lot of it was Patrick Mahomes. Uh, even in Vegas, there were, I mean, there were whole... A whole two days where that signage you were talking to where that light show put up on the side of the building it was all Chiefs players and then there's one day we were there where it was some 49ers players and it was switched between Chiefs players so there definitely was a bit of a bias in the marketing I mean I guess you gotta have you gotta have to push something when a team's not a favorite and obviously in Vegas with the sports betting it's you're gonna put the Chiefs out there hey they're the underdogs but they're a good team go bet on them give us some money especially with MGM being there, BetMGM, and then DraftKings and FanDuel both having spots there and many sports books. So I think that has something to do with it for sure. It's just getting people to mm-hmm. bet on the underdogs and on the team that they don't think is going to win. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Um, but
1: I feel like I could agree with
0: you, like marketing
1: and digitally-wise, like they were more for the Chiefs, but physically, and I know what San Fran's only however long you said from vegas like people were a lot more people were wearing 49 sure. like jerseys and apparel compared to the chiefs which is kind of an interesting thing to see and i feel like every time we were walking the street or the strip or anywhere we were going we'd always see like a handful of 49ers fans and maybe a a group of chiefs fans and that was really it mm-hmm. so a and lot those, of the
0: chiefs fans almost were families too yeah and whereas the 49ers fans were kind of just people hanging out but most of the most of the Chiefs fans that were there were families kind of vacationing you could tell they weren't just from right. Vegas they were there yeah. for the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know
3: I think just looking for an outside perspective you know looking at obviously you say the Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas and you really think that's going to be an unbelievable time because you know people go to Vegas people have a great time in Vegas but you know I think that everything else that goes on in Vegas kind of takes away from what the Super Bowl actually is and how of an event it is I mean you know, obviously, we're all football fans. We love watching the game of football. But not a lot of people would go to Vegas and choose to watch, go to the Super Bowl, watch a football game. Us, As, Like, assuming it's, like, you know, affordable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people wouldn't, if, if it was, like, a regular game, people wouldn't choose, I don't think, to go to a, ga- a football game, regardless of, you know, how big of a game it is, over the life in Vegas. I think that took away a little bit from from the whole Super Bowl as a whole and obviously it's just the way i guess vegas is it's like a really obviously it's one of the best spots for nightlife obviously you mentioned gaily a bunch of times they all have the sphere over there which has a lot of stuff which that was another aspect of the marketing for the super bowl they use the sphere a Mm -hmm. lot and putting stuff on the graphic which is really cool i think it's a really cool venue um but i just think vegas took away from the super bowl naturally because of how festive Vegas is Mm -hmm. there. I can definitely agree with
0: that, too. Like, seeing that, like, there were so many people that were just there because it's Vegas. I I, It really felt like everything was going off without a hitch. I mean, when the Super Bowl was at MetLife, New York, it almost seemed stopped. Mm -hmm. And the whole... All of Manhattan, all of Times Square was Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl events. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, New York kind of stopped for a week to hold the Super Bowl at MetLife. Whereas in Vegas... It, it it seemed like a normal week to us. Like it, it seemed like what we would expect Vegas to be right. during any regular week during the year, which was really interesting because we expect. I'm at least myself. I expected a lot more football events to be happening and all that, whereas it was really just normal people shopping and going to the casinos.
3: I think what I was gonna ask you, Austin, is obviously Glendale isn't as big of a, of a nightlife thing as you know Vegas. And next year it's gonna be in New Orleans during Mardi Gras so like I was was about to bring that up so like that whole thing is like this whole they're getting trying they're trying to get people to go to Super Bowl because of what's around it I think more than where like the actual game itself so you obviously were in Arizona and Glendale last year what was did it seem like that it was the whole city was or that whole area was focused on the Super Bowl more or was it kind of like it didn't really slow down what was going on around before I answer that, did you guys have
2: an event planning committee that was the one running the show? No. No.
1: We had. It was. We had captains. I think is that what you're referring to?
2: <clears throat> no. So in Arizona, we had the Arizona Super Bowl event committee. Oh yes,
0: we uh, we did have Las Vegas Super Bowl event committee, but. Oh yeah. yeah it I was yeah, yeah, split up more than I've heard. Talking to Dr. Schroeder where there were separate teams for the Super Bowl experience and mm. for the Super Bowl
2: yeah that was the same thing for us but the event committee is the one that like puts everything out there yeah, we, yeah. it's not the same for every city so phoenix there was the arizona mm-hmm. super bowl event committee then mm-hmm. i'm assuming in vegas yeah. there was the yeah. vegas i know there was some carryover but yeah. through, uh, chet and one of the other women that helped
0: us they were part of the committee in arizona last huh. year so there was some carryover but at the same time there were a lot of raiders people and a lot of um that we met on zoom meetings and during Mm -hmm. training raiders people Allegiant stadium people and las vegas people in general so the the company
1: the company we worked for is called Populous, which was under the planning committee i believe
2: yeah i didn't work for that company when i was uh in arizona at least i don't think so um i never heard of Populous before jack just mentioned it but to go off of your question in arizona i mean Like you just said, the Raiders had um, a hand in how they advertised it. Which, knowing the Raiders franchise and everything that the Raiders have done to be a global sensation, I'm surprised there wasn't a lot of advertisements in Vegas. Arizona, on the other hand, it was everywhere. It took over everything in Arizona. And the nightlife in Arizona, um, I I didn't go to downtown Phoenix um, when all this was – when the nightlife stuff was happening. As for Glendale, we also didn't go to Glendale until the Super Bowl. But where you saw everything for nightlife in that region was Scottsdale, which is 15, 20 minutes from Phoenix – and that's where the nightlife is that's um i guess the best way to put it is that it's arizona's version of the Rentham the mallets. wow <laughs> that's my best way to put it it's pretty comparable but um that's scary <laughs> yeah,
3: That is pretty scary <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they like it was everywhere and i feel like that i mean this will never happen, unfortunately. But if a Super Bowl were to come to Foxborough, they would take over Rentham, too. I mean, yeah, Boston would be the big thing, mm-hmm. but it would mainly be Rentham in that Foxborough area where everything happened. It would probably be like Boston, Providence, and all that. But in terms of Arizona, they had streets blocked off for the convention center they had streets blocked off solely for the super bowl experience and all these blockages of the streets they had like a mesh covering over all the fences saying super bowl 57 everywhere you went in phoenix you saw super bowl 57 we went to chase field the home of the arizona diamondbacks and we saw super bowl 57 (laughs) stuff there we went inside the Arizona Diamondbacks pro shop. There was Super Bowl Fifty Seven signage everywhere, so, so um, I mean, we can attest that it was
1: not like no, nah, it was not. There was, there was a few streets blocked off, but it was like this, well, the well. They stadium. said the campus was yeah. one of the smallest campuses like ever hosted a Super Bowl. So the only streets that were blocked off were the surrounding streets that were in like near the campus, and then there were some streets like around the city that were kind of blocked off for, I'm sure it was, like, personnel or somebody that's important, so they blocked those off so no one else could be coming in and out of that, but, but there wasn't really many, and for, like, the ticket line, they said the, the, the street that they blocked off was, like, 700 feet, I think. So, if you compare yep. that to, I don't know, I think they said, I think two football fields is what they said.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, in terms of you saying, like, the whole city was taken over, it was... I mean, if you didn't look it up, you would not know where the Super Bowl experience was held. You can't, I mean, as in terms of blocking off streets and getting people to go a certain way for it, you can't block off the strip. So I see why it wasn't Mm -hmm. the same kind of takeover. But at the same time, we had a hard time getting to the Super Bowl experience, and we were working it. So definitely between what you and Jack are saying, where Vegas really kind of overtook the whole Super Bowl thing because it's already Vegas and with it going to New Orleans, or New Orleans next year and Mardi Gras, definitely it could be making a turn for the NFL as them trying to have the Super Bowl be something that's happening at this place rather than this place gets the Super Bowl. Because in the past, with Minneapolis and New York and all these places, the Super Bowl was the biggest thing, whereas during that week, you know how many people probably went in and out of MGM Casino? Like... It, it really didn't, if anything, it, yes, it raised the flow, but they weren't there for the game. They were just there for Vegas, and it just happened to be the Super Bowl, it seemed like, for a lot of people.
2: Here's my counter argument to that Have any of you watched The Dynasty yet? I have not. not I was going to start watching it. So, during the first, I think it's actually the second episode or something like that. Um, it starts talking about the Patriots Patriots' experience in New Orleans in two thousand one, um, during the Super Bowl. Of course, I wasn't born yet. Um but body gras is happening at the same time. So what the NFL did then, and this is twenty two years ago. Yep. Yeah. 22 years ago because the Super Bowl would have been yeah Yeah. um 22 years ago the NFL still mixing in with Mardi Gras to try to make this the focal point the main priority and as far as I know they did the same thing for Super Bowl 42 I believe between the Niners and the the Ravens but I mean this will go into a whole different thing um when you guys watch it and I don't want to spoil any inside things for you but the NFL tried to mix in with that with Mardi Gras going on so it wasn't a Mardi Gras takeover though Mm -hmm. it was kind of a um, A collaboration a collaboration Mm -hmm. yeah between the two so I mean where's the Super Bowl next year New Uh, New Orleans yeah I feel like you might see a similar thing next year. And the reason I say that is because statistically, Mardi Gras dying. Like, yeah. not a lot of people want to
1: mm-hmm. do this anymore. I think it's had a lot of, like, historical tragedies, I think, too. I feel like there's like, there some, something happening. Like, yeah,
0: a, something did happen last
1: year.
2: It's been ever since Hurricane Katrina that Mardi Gras has been dying. Um, where is it uh, the following year? Ve- uh, not Vegas, L.A.? I so believe fi- it's
3: L.A. again. He's going back to L.A. Mm-hmm. I th-
0: it
2: is set sometime soon, I know that. Great. What, <laughs> I mean, when the Rams and the Bengals had their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. L.A. is arguably a similar stage to Vegas and New York City. Mm-hmm. L.A. didn't die during the Super Bowl. It yeah. wasn't stopped like it was in 2013 with... Um, New York City, um, they mixed in the Super Bowl stuff with Hollywood. They mixed in the Super Bowl stuff with everything else that LA has to offer. I've never been to LA, but that's what I've seen across the board from stuff in years past. I mean, you guys are in the Super Bowl practicum class right now. I'm sure you're learning about the past Super Bowls Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how the past Super Bowls ran their show and everything. So it's more of a collaboration rather than the nfl is targeting this specific date yeah i mean every city has their own thing to offer phoenix had their own thing to offer new york city la vegas, vegas obviously has its own thing to offer <laughs> even minnesota yeah yeah like minneapolis that based off of, i mean i didn't go of course mm-hmm. but um based off of what i saw it was a whole takeover and what is there going on in Minneapolis there's no Vegas yeah. type thing there's no anything no like that there, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: exactly they the NFL finds their way of making it the Super Bowl experience throughout however long you're there whether I'm not talking about the actual Super Bowl experience yeah, thing I'm talking the about the actual experience
3: it, yeah. like the weeks the couple weeks leading up to yeah, it sure.
2: exactly so like I've seen YouTube videos from Super Bowl 52 where people were going to different Vikings attractions around the city because, of course, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. And they still had ties into the Super Bowl with all these Viking-themed things.
0: Mm. I think, going off of that too, I think the thing with Vegas is it seemed like the NFL either was not allowed or was afraid to step out of their areas in the case. So Allegiant stadium is off the strip at the, at the North end of the strip. It's a little, it's a couple, it's across the interstate. So I'd give it from around here, probably six or seven blocks over from the actual strip. And the Mandalay Bay convention center is the, if you're coming from the South, which is where a lot of people were coming from, even though the North end is the Las Vegas sign Mandalay Bay convention center is the first building on the strip on the left so for all these people that are coming into the middle of the strip i think the nfl could have done a lot better in putting something there for the super bowl where the middle of the strip they have the cbs they have some of the cbs broadcasts in front of the the bellagio fountain and things like that but other than that if you came off of any other street and you just stopped and turned around all you would see for the super bowl is the the cover over the glass on the walkways over the road because they don't have crosswalks there they have rock walkways over the road but that's all you would see for the super bowl if you went to certain areas of the strip and that's that was very eye-opening because every other city it seems like has had a full city takeover and you can't go five steps without seeing something for the super bowl where there were genuinely times where we really had to look for something that had to do with the super bowl if you weren't in the right spot and you weren't at a certain casino on the strip, you wouldn't see a lot of Super Bowl advertising. And you could've walked through some of these casinos without even knowing the Super Bowl was there. And I don't know if that was the casinos not wanting the NFL to come in and put advertising or not wanting to have to pay for anything or something like that. Or if it was the NFL just saying, hey, it's Vegas, people are gonna come anyways. Cause that's really what it felt like. Is the NFL kinda just said, it's Vegas, people are gonna be here we're going to have a football game people are going to watch it was a sold out crowd i didn't see an empty seat in that building so obviously it's a super bowl it's going to be a sold out crowd but in terms of for a regular fan during the week if you didn't go to the super bowl experience event it other than seeing the cbs booth and a couple of picture uh, photo op spots across the strip it really didn't seem like they were marketing a super bowl experience it seemed like it was just vegas but there's a football game this
3: weekend so I What's think it? a lot of these other cities have done it a lot better. Go ahead, Jack. I, said, I mean, I think that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I, like I said before, you don't really need to market the Super Bowl. You don't really need to market Vegas. I think that just like people are gonna go, like you just said, people are gonna go to Vegas. They're gonna want to experience Vegas, and then the Super Bowls will be being played this week. Yep. I don't want to yep. say it played second fiddle, but I think they played hand in hand. But almost, like you said, from a marketing aspect, it, it seemed like the Super Bowls is playing second fiddle to vegas as a whole which again there's there's two sides you can play i'm gonna play the side that super should be marketed more like i said before you can you can make an argument for the other side that you don't need to do it but i think that it could have been incorporated a little bit more into into vegas itself and i'm just i'm mostly going off what you guys are saying what i saw yeah. on social media i just think that there is there wasn't really I think there was ways they could have incorporated the Super Bowl into Vegas, but they didn't For do sure. it. I think they just kept Vegas, like you said. Vegas was uh, uh, the legacy was up here, with the Super Bowl experience, whatever, and then the strips like down here. Like I think that you could have used those few blocks that were, you know, either in between or, or down the road or whatever. Again, I don't know how it's set up or not, but I think that could there could have been some incorporation done. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if like a lot of the major buildings there were like we don't want the NFL to come yeah. here and do this because they're gonna come here for two weeks, take it over and, and the people that are coming here to come to Vegas are going, aren't gonna get the Vegas experience, they're gonna get a Super Bowl experience. So I just think mm-hmm. that that if that's the case, I would understand where the companies are coming from because I don't wanna either lose money, lose people coming or have the people that are gonna come, have their time wasted because they're not getting our experience, they're getting what the NFL is putting out there for us. And again the NFL obviously you there's grown there's twenty one plus people that watch the Super Bowl. But Super Bowl also is also meant for younger kids as well. So mm-hmm. I don't think they want to, they want to intertwine. Yeah. Cause sure. obviously people go to Vegas they're not underage. Underage people don't go to Vegas. People that are of age, go to Vegas to gamble, to drink, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's sin city. Mostly yeah, exactly right. <laughs> right. That's mostly what it's made for. So like the, I would understand if the businesses don't want the NFL coming in, in, in here and, and um, making it more youthful, Yeah, I guess, is mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for, which I would understand from the people of Vegas aspect why they don't want to do that. Yeah. I can see from even what you're saying from the NFL's
0: perspective too, why they wouldn't want to do that. They're like, let's keep our area over here. So the kids and the younger people can have that super Bowl experience. Whereas if the adults want to go to Vegas, go to Vegas, but, uh, to wrap up this segment, um, just going to go around quick each guys. What did you think? of the Super Bowl this year was it good was it one of the better ones you've seen in terms of the whole event at all or do you think they could have done a lot better
1: um I think it was good overall I
3: think it could have been a little better but (laughs) I think it was good I don't want to take too long but I think there definitely has been better Super Bowls I think from the game's standpoint I think it was okay until later in the game um from everything else, I think it wasn't as hyped up. I don't think people were as, were as excited for it. Mm-hmm. The Bengals-Rams Super Bowl was probably one of the most exciting Super Bowls ever. The Rams really were, obviously the Rams really weren't favored a ton, either with the Bengals, like they were two teams that came together that really weren't, the cream of the crop, but now you see the Chiefs, the Niners, the two of the top five teams in the league. You know, I think, I think it could have been a little bit better from a games perspective, and I think it wasn't hyped up because, oh, well, two of the three best teams or two of the three favorites to win it or the Super Bowl again. So yep. I can't stand Mahomes.
2: <laughs> um now I know how everybody felt with the Patriots dynasty. Oh, yeah. But yeah. going off of what Jack just said about the Rams Bengals Super Bowl, I felt so much more excited oh. for that one than I All did right. this one. And I'm not talking about the teams per se. Um opening night this year. I forgot that was going on. Yeah. And I normally watch it. I've watched it every year with my dad. Um the Bengals Rams Super Bowl is the one that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, COVID was going on or whatever that whole thing is. I'm not getting into that right now. But the um I don't think there was per se an opening night that year. I remember that um the Bengals for instance, they sold out paul brown stadium or whatever they call it now um for their own media day thing and then you flip sides to the other end of the country and the rams have fireworks they have all this pyrotechnic stuff going on for their opening night i like i will always remember that yeah where this year uh i think the only thing i ever saw about opening night was uh the selfie that brock Purdy, fred (laughs) fred yeah. warner uh mahomes. mahomes and uh i forget the last chris jones took yeah. Yeah. i think that's the only thing i saw about opening night this year other than that like this was a forgettable super bowl i uh, that was going to be what i was going to touch on is
0: yeah i was since i was there i'm never going to forget it but if i was a fan of watching at home it's one of those games where it's gonna be like oh yeah the chiefs won in second overtime that's pretty cool but as for the spectacle of it like I'm going to remember that MetLife Super Bowl for the rest of my life because I sat at home and watched on TV an entire week of them showing every single event that was happening in New York and the whole spectacle. And they had the zip lines going through Times Square and all that stuff. And it's like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Whereas Vegas didn't have that spectacle feel to it. But thank you guys for listening. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back in a little bit. So have a good day.
1: welcome back to the Bison boys, boys podcast i'm your host jack clifford along with some three guests on here spencer austin and jack as usual today we'll be talking about super bowl 58 uh, as well as my experience as well as spencer i know spencer me and you were just in vegas killed it had a great time had a great week and austin you were in arizona the prior week to super bowl 57 and jack was at home but he still will wow. give us a good perspective <laughs> on how it was. So, Spencer, let's kind of go back and forth about how, like, our work experience was amongst the Super Bowl. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we were kind of just thrown into a corner, as, as, not only from the experience but the Super Bowl and just kind of oh, in course. general, like, the training was just kind of just very simple. What are your
0: thoughts on that? I think the NFL definitely – I mean, the thing is our lack of training didn't affect – I don't think it affected any like the fans' experience. Mm-hmm. I think it affected our experience more than the fans. So, before I go and say, one, obviously the training we, we've touched on, the training isn't great. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But from a fan's perspective, I don't think our lack of training affected the game much. So, I, before I say the NFL should look into changing it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm so there's two sides to that but as for the training and our work we were very unprepared we were just on game day kind of thrown into the stadium we had done a scavenger hunt earlier in the week that was our training it was an hour and a half long scavenger hunt around the stadium finding different spots as a group so we didn't learn our station we didn't learn our responsibilities they just kind of gave us a sheet of paper on the day of the game and was like find all this stuff and be ready to tell people where it is and yeah. it seems simple but
1: yeah and you my thing is you kind of just got to be human at the end of the day just yeah. utilize your resources and just kind of know where you're going and get a feel for where you are what i did was before even like as soon as we got assigned to our area i walked around like i know i was supposed to we just walked around like knew where the bathroom was knew the nearest uh elevator escalator like where the torch was because the torch was like the prestigious torch was like their main like their beacon like oh if you're on like next to the torch you're on the north side and if you're on the other side towards where the field used to be that's the south side yeah. so kind of using that as like your guidance point of all right so go to the torch and then you're going to make a left. there's the nfl shop right there so mm-hmm. it, that kind of thing just kind of keeps us luckily we had those yeah. utilizations yeah, of, course, of yeah. but again the training the training aspect of it was hop on a zoom for an hour meet with these people see a powerpoint and then in person do a scavenger hunt like you said and then kind of you're on your own the rest of the way yeah. as well as the nfl experience which i heard from jack that the nfl experience was not published like publicly among social media or anything at yeah. all it was kind of just if you're going to the super bowl here's the experience go if you're not going you're not going to hear about it mm-hmm. and the training with the experience was kind of minimal i know we Watched the powerpoint for an hour about it and then when we got there we got our uniforms and we sat in a crowd of people for an hour and then we got told where to go and then when we got assigned our group we got brought from this guy and the guy was like so baffled that the amount of people that was in his group (laughs) and he goes oh my god so then he ran away he ran away we all were standing there for probably 30 minutes and then then finally we got assigned to our our amazing shuttle run x uh Field goal.
0: I got. I was so tired after that. I, yeah, also ran I was run that obstacle course like fifty times, showing kids how to do it. Yeah, there was the set whole second half was me just shagging the balls for the <laughs> field goal competition. But trying not to I get... think yeah. definitely organization wise, there was not communication between managers, leaders, captains, and coaches, and all that kind of stuff. There wasn't a lot of communication, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that doesn't take a lot to change. Like I think it's just like. Have them be required to check in and, and just give them a little bit more information when they're like sending people where we were because, I don't think it's their f- I don't think it's no. the people sending us around's fault. Well, I think it's the fact that people would send us one way and the person we got sent to was not aware that we'd be there, and then for the Super Bowl it was just there wasn't a lot of top down communication. It was you got put in your spot and you got told to, to go. Right,
1: and at least for like location wise for the um, experience in the Mandalay, like half of it like i can i can say it was easy to navigate because everything was on one floor and the other part of it was it was kind of all just crammed up and usually if someone asked me like luckily we we're on the the other side of where every every attraction that people wanted to go to so oh, usually yeah. like if someone asks us like where is the autograph sign let's say and i'll just be like oh it's it's all the way really on the other side and nfl shop was man. in the middle of each of them but but really, that, w- that wasn't really a strong suit in our favor because most people, obviously, they wanted to see the, the players and they wanted to see all the the people signing them. I'm him, surprised so. how spread out the players were too. Yeah, like, they were. There were autograph stations just dotted around, whereas... Yeah, because Cameron Jordan was doing the line one. Panini, it was like Alan Lazard, and I, I think Kyle uh, Hamilton showed up. Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton. was
0: all the way on the other corner at the Toyota Center.
1: Yep. It's like um, Jamal Williams, I think, did Invisalign as well. They're, yeah, they are all scat, um, scattered out. And then the flag football field, there was, there was a few people that were on and off of that. But that like I said, it was all scattered and it was kind of all like crammed up. So people, if you just kept walking, you'll find it eventually. But yeah, to kind of gear that towards last year's or I guess two years ago Super Bowl, um, I heard that in Arizona, the convention center they used was on three stories. And now Austin, you were at the Arizona Super Bowl and the experience. How was, how was navigating fans to get to the right direction on the three-level concourse?
2: Well, I can tell you, the first thing that you saw when you walked in was a big map of the convention center. Wow. The top floor of the convention center was the Super Bowl Experience, uh, where you had all your different activities, games. When I I was up there for the first two get two days, doing the field goal kick um, activation where at that activation, I was doing my best Scott Norwood impression, missing the field goal wide right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you walk, you walked up the – well, you didn't walk up the stairs. You went up the escalator um, or the elevator. And right when you get to the top of the stairs, you're greeted with, on the floor they put down, the Super Bowl logo. And then to your left is the locker rooms for whatever team you want to be dressing up for. To the right and straight ahead is all the games and all that different stuff. That floor, when you first walk into the convention center, was basically food and like all your different stuff like that. It was all like the behind the scenes stuff, like the cafe was right there. Only had and one, all that. They only had one
0: spot. For yeah, had one Bud, spot. They had a Bud Light, like, bar thing that had... I don't even know if they had food. I, think they had, I don't like, think they did. They, they, they had wraps, I think, which is it. There's like, no food there. There was just, it was just like, a couple drinks and wraps, and I don't think... There was no readmission either, so... No. I think that you're already... You already like had the game. Better
1: I think Arizona. the only way that he would be behind us in that case if ours was better is because they worked at three days. We only did it once. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we worked it um, Wednesday, Thursday, no, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We worked it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, when you walked in that, like, entry-level floor is cafes and all that. There's not much space in the Phoenix Convention Center for anything else. Top floor was all the activities and all that. The bottom floor you walk down you go down the escalator go down the elevator go down the stairs whatever you choose to get from one floor to another and um they kind of like all shuttled you into one giant room um but there was also like different like food concession stands scattered about there um actually on that middle floor was also the NFL pro shop um but anyways you get down to the basement you walk into the basement and right there, when you walk in to your left, was the giant Super Bowl logo. That I know you guys took a picture with the mm-hmm. Super Bowl logo. And then directly behind the Super Bowl logo is the Lombardi Trophy. And that was the first thing that you saw when you walked into that basement was the Lombardi Trophy. Vegas, you had to walk about what felt like half
0: a mile because of the way the crowd was. The yeah. Super Bowl trophy. So Vegas was set up in one big room when you walked in the first thing you saw to the right was the 40 yard dash to the left was a sign of super bowl experience and right in front of you was a panini booth and then that stage so they had a whole stage set up with the lombardi on it you go up take a picture walk down that it was, was the same way in arizona that was a probably i'd want to say like 800 feet from the entrance it was a It was far. It was a very far walk with how the crowds were and everything from the entrance and it was smack dab in the middle of Convention Center but there were no entrances anywhere near it. So you, if you walked around to the right, because you could only see it, it was also facing laterally which is weird. If you walked around to the right, you would have had no clue that the Lombardi Trophy was there which and plus, is
1: insane and plus too in, in order to even get up there to get a picture you had to go through this like whole other room you had to go like yeah. behind the, the stage you had to go behind it and walk through this huge line that probably was like 40 minutes
2: it was the same thing for me Uh but the reason they do that is so it can limit if you want to see the Lombardi Trophy, you're in this line for yeah. the Lombardi Trophy yeah. and you're not blocking it. Which wasn't a bad thing. I thought it was just crazy. <laughs> so, to the left was more uh, the rings. All the Super Bowl yep. rings. Right in front of the Lombardi stage was uh, the two conference championship trophies. Mm-hmm. All the way to the left, when you walked in, was um, the Panini stage. Mm-hmm. And they had probably like... Five or six stages uh not stages tables set up for players to be at, right next to that was the invisalign stage mm-hmm. in like the middle of that was the lowe's uh thing, yep um, and, uh, which was right next to the stage. you like throw it through the o and it lights up. I don't know, I wasn't allowed to be oh. near there <laughs> um, I was there, but it was before mm-hmm. anybody showed up, oh. yeah. um, so I don't really know what it was. Uh, behind that was the NFL Total Access stage mm-hmm. which is where I was on Saturday um to the right of me was well to the left of the stage if you're looking from the stage was some subway thing um it was like some trivia thing with mm. the NFL that you could go against players like J.J. J. Watt was there mm. um next to that was the draft oh, thing yeah, I was say. um and then next to that was the 40-yard dash and more games over there. But everything was, like, in its area. And it was, there was no overlapping or anything. And you could easily navigate through the whole thing. Like I said, that whole Lowe's thing, I was brought out from that before everybody started showing up to work with Brock Purdy, Debo, and um, Christian McCaffrey. Okay. But other than that, like, the bathrooms were right behind – me uh, at the total access stage. They had a little pathway going behind the total access stage to the bathroom, so nobody was like. Of course, there was a ton of people there, but nobody was like right up against each other. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that was different a different story. Very different story. Mm-hmm. It was I only mean, really like that on the third floor where mm-hmm. all the games were, because, I mean, yeah. you have twenty five games and a space that's probably the size of a football field right.
1: yeah so it's it's definitely different to see like year to year of how they kind of operate these stadiums and convention centers and all these different things and kind of just just seeing it from a different perspective is kind of cool as well as us we literally like just our experience through the Super Bowl experience was kind of just a big strip and for Arizona it was a it was a three-story building so I I think that's a really interesting fact that I didn't really know about. I think,
0: yeah, Vegas didn't ha- obviously doesn't have a three-story convention center facility like that, but mm-hmm. I feel like if they they have multiple entrances to that convention center, which is something I think they really underutilized because obviously they have certain entrances for the players to come in and it's out of the way but the exit was, th- what, three doorways? yeah it, it was three like double doorways mm-hmm. to exit and that was it so that got extremely congested the entrance wasn't as bad but again the entrance was not as big as it should have been and they should have had multiple and the games were scattered about in the yeah. back was the kids stuff which, <laughs> which all the we way were. in the back was the kids stuff <laughs> the where locker we <laughs> the flag football field was where we were and then the pickleball courts which was pretty cool they had a uh, nfl players retired to current playing pickleball but
2: the pickleball courts were the one was the thing right next to the um in between the subway yeah. thing that i mentioned and the draft stage
0: yeah but you walked in and you saw like it wasn't like you saw okay this is where the players are going to be this is where the games are this is where the shops are it was you walked in hey there's a the 40 yard dash hey there's the panini autograph booth hey, there's a panini, like, get your picture on a card thing. Hey, that's the NFL shop. How do I get to the Toyota Center for Kyle Hamilton to sign my autograph? It's like, figure it out, keep walking. Keep walking. Where Invisalign, like you said, all these places like the Lowe's, the Invisalign, the subway, and all that stuff was in one spot, bang, 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 right next to each other. Invisalign was off to the right. Toyota was way back in the left. All these autograph spots were in different places. And the thing I immediately thought was what if I want to get an autograph from multiple players or a picture with multiple players and the line's moving fast? Because the lines were moving pretty yeah, well. Yeah, they were going pretty fast. But you had to waste 15, 10, 15 minutes of their time being there just getting to the next line. Whereas in Phoenix, it sounds like you get an autograph from someone at the Invisalign, and then you turn around and you go to Panini, and you're already in line.
2: Yeah, and at the Panini one, I didn't end up going to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I heard is that the, there's a the table set up The line comes up top on the stage. You hit one table, jump over the next, jump to the next, jump to the next, jump to the next, and then you're out. Vegas, it was all one at
0: a time. It was all all guys just going there one at a time. And then I think the worst part about it is there's so many kids there. There's so many people that bring their kids there because their kids want this Super Bowl experience. And you had to walk them all the way to the back to get them to the kids' field goal thing and the kids' drills and the flag football field and the locker rooms to try on the stuff, you had to, and the Madden, the Madden bus and all that stuff. You had to walk them all the way to the back through all these people waiting in line for autographs, for the pro, the NFL shop, through all these people at the full-size field goal and the passing challenge. And it, it almost seemed like where me and Jack were working, there was not a lot of, like, it wasn't as crowded as we were told it was going to be. And I feel like that's because it was so far back and there were no maps at all no maps no signage telling you where stuff was so it's like it's all the way in the back and it's probably your number one attraction for the super bowl experience like you said it was the most crowded floor because everyone wants to go play the games and the only thing that you could see when you the only game you could see when you walked in was the full-size field goal challenge like the 20 yard field goal thing yeah. or the pat challenge i think it was called other than that you had to go searching and i think that's that was a big problem because it caused a lot of congestion because. Everyone's trying to cross paths and get to the next autograph booth or get to the pro shop or get to this game and they're all in different spots so you got people making their own routes through tables you got making people trying to skip between these two stations to just get to their spot quicker and it's just created a lot of confusion and congestion mm-hmm. definitely could have been set up a lot better perfect segue into
1: our next topic amongst the actual super bowl and our role at working the super bowl and in- Speaking of congestion amongst the fans, getting them in and out of the stadium was probably one of the hardest parts of the Super Bowl that people didn't really understand. In
0: in was good. In was was fine. Because they have... The thing at Legion Stadium did really well, and I'm not sure what your job was. Was it ticketing before the game? Were you outside or what it was?
2: I was... So I was a captain that day. We were stationed there was a route going along um, State Farm Stadium, and I was at the entrance as to where the employees come in at 3 in the morning. Um, I was the first person that everybody saw. Lucky them. <laughs> um, and then my job was just to make sure that the employees knew where they were going. So we had, like, all location east here, and then uh, the security up there. And you couldn't... You could only turn left for on location south, I believe. But then it was blocked off. So everybody was told to go counterclockwise around the stadium. So what sucked was that if you had to work at um, the Eagles the Eagles fan party or whatever, the family party, mm-hmm. you had to go all the way around the stadium just to go to something that you could turn left at and bang, you're right there. So, I'll go ahead and do your Um... <laughs> But yeah, we were stationed all along that route, just basically holding up giant signs saying, go this way, go that way, go
0: this way. Yeah, There's some people doing that there. Yeah, so the way Allegiant does it is really smart if you can get people to listen. The tickets are color coded based on the section you're in. So they have north, south, east VIP, west VIP. So depending on where you're seated in the bowl, you either get a north ticket or a south ticket. So you it's, go to the your own entrance, like but blue and it's pink. colored. So you can actually tell where you're supposed to be because there are massive choke points on the east and west sides of the stadium yeah. near the Suites. Because it's in Vegas, the Suites are huge. That's the biggest thing about Allegiant Stadium is they try to make the Suites giant. But you can't... There's On the second level of the stadium, you can't walk fully around the concourse. And it's one of the only stadiums where, you can't, where there's a spot in the stadium where you can't do that. Only on level 100 level 100 is the only time you can walk around the full concourse but it gets probably as wide as like a hallway in nichols college at right. certain points in that stadium which is in which was insane for mm-hmm. us to see because define what hallway <laughs> uh probably like a like the like the davis hallway there's a certain sp- spot where it was that thing yeah yep and it, it was just insane because specifically egress and getting people out right they don't know where to go. They want to go out where they came in. And you can't do that because it's a certain way it's set up. One, there's a lot of drunk people. <laughs> Two, there's a lot of entitled people because it's Super Bowl. Entitled. And people just don't listen unless there's a complete wall blocking them off. So the biggest thing about that stadium is... The stadium. It <laughs> seems, is the stadium. The yeah, literally. <laughs> but the, big, the biggest problem about it is the stadium itself the way they did it is the way they had people come into the building was great getting people in and having people get to their seats i had like three people ask me what like how to get to a certain section because it's it's very easy to get to your section but when you're leaving it's it doesn't work that way and for you saying like everyone coming in had to walk walk uh, counterclockwise that would have been great to have at like that was
2: outside the stadium
0: outside the stadium was also a mess yeah. Because it was, it's four different entrances, and if you come in the wrong entrance, yeah. you have to walk all the way around. So it's just a mess. So, but once you get in those entrances, you're closer to your seats. It's so, just, yeah. it, it was just something that it feels like we either needed more training on, or there needs to be more signage on. Mm-hmm. Compared to whereas you you had all these people telling you to go this way, go that way.
1: It hey, so was well, what we were tasked on is uh, like where we were, we told people to exit out this, like, one door that was tucked away and everybody was walking our this way, walking our way, and we told them to walk out this way. And everybody was like, why? I was like, this is the fastest way out the door. And they said, okay, everybody started filing out. And then the trouble that we had was the people that were the amongst the family of the teams that won or lost, I don't think it really mattered, but we had people that were showing our credentials that they had field passes, and turning to you, Jack, did you watch, like, the ending ceremony amongst the game? Yeah, like the MVP. Did it the, In the um, beginning, did it seem like there was, like, not many people there? Kind
0: of. I don't know. It was, yeah. like, so from an inside standpoint, that's because it was extremely complicated to get access to the field at that stadium because there's the way everyone else exits, and we are making a wall as people so people don't walk where they're not supposed to. But those people with the credentials had to walk through the wall. So they have to wait for all the regular fans who are just leaving the stadium, the, the depressed 49ers fans that just lost a the game. They have to kind of just bump their way, throw some elbows to get through there. And then they have to talk to us and be like, hey, I have this credential, and we have to let them through a wall of people to get to where they're going. There was probably maybe
1: eight or nine Nichols College students standing, like, <laughs> at this wall and, the, like, this double door where it's helping people leave and then people would be coming down from the other staircase trying to leave out the door that we're trying to people to descend, but then it, <laughs> it ended up bumping heads so i was like no go keep going this way so we had to put one person like in the middle of the, in the middle of the staircase to tell everybody to keep going you're almost there like that one more one more voice. flight
2: i lost my voice so fast yeah one more flight you know, we had like,
1: we had fun with it I think there was, there was a couple times where we were laughing throughout you're, the whole thing.
2: You're telling me that number one NFL fan, the queen of the NFL, Taylor Swift, went through your wall? No. No, no, she, <laughs> no, she was no, in the
0: she, suite. She got right onto the field. Which was cool because <laughs> the
1: captains that had the walkies, they said, like, that was another cool thing, too, amongst, like, operations side that, like, the captains heard, like, when every single bus was coming in, every single person was coming in, Taylor Swift's family, and J- Jason Kelsey's family's coming in. Like, all those people were, like, getting told on the walkie when they're coming in. I wasn't on the walkie, but I heard from my captain. They were telling us, like, when people were coming in. Like, 49ers bus was coming in. Chiefs are coming in. Coaches, never, like, all those people that were coming in, it was really cool. But, yeah, going back to um, my point, you like, in the beginning, there wasn't really many people, like, on the, on the field when the Chiefs won.
3: No, I mean, I saw, like, the beginning part of it that I kind of just walked away from the TV at the start of it it really didn't look like pass packs that usually is just mm-hmm. on the field and I think it all lines up with you guys have been saying for the past 20 years or so it just seems like there was a lot of confusion among the stadium right. where the people are supposed to go where people aren't supposed to go how they're going to get there you know and I remember Pre- Professor Street, in our sport event management class was telling us the, the day that Wednesday you guys got back he was saying how, how different it was because in Glendale they were they, the way it was set up I forget one of them was set up really obviously glendale set up a lot better and then mm-hmm. at legion it was set up a lot differently and more complicated so i don't know it just seems like that seems like it all lines up with what you're saying is why there wasn't a lot of people on there it was because that it was uh troubling tricky it, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it to get around the stadium
1: yeah, and i know i know i think it was honestly from you spencer that told me like maybe three or four minutes before the game was over like before ot was over I was like, yo, we got to tell these people, tell these fans to go down the stairwell.
0: We got bullied. we were like, what? We, we got, bullied got bullied by the group of fans coming out. So, yeah. there's the big south entrance and the big north entrance, there's a main entrance to the stadium for general admission, all that stuff for anyone in the lower bowl. You enter out like 15 doors wide, it's just completely open at the south and north entrance. There's that choke point I told you about, which is where we were stationed. We tried to make a wall to stop people from going through that choke point because that just creates so many problems. One, it's where people enter and leave the suites. And two, it just would make, it, it's dangerous. There's so many people trying to exit through a 10-foot wide hallway at maximum and then at some points it gets as little as like... And another six bad, bad part wide. too
1: that I just came to my head, there was, so at the end of the hallway that we were at was, a, was an elevator and there was people with <clears throat> wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we had people come this way with wheelchairs and I was like, oh, the elevator is right there so they'd go and try to bring them and then the elevator operator told us that it didn't work so the nearest elevator was like on the other side so we had to tell people yeah it's like over there yeah.
0: and they were like wait how far is it and I was like I think it's on the other side definitely gives me appreciation for these security that make like full walls get people out because we're 100%. four or five of us trying to block off 10 foot wide hallway right. and we got people just uh, completely ignoring what we're saying bumping through our arms just walking right through it's like mm-hmm. if you want to get out of the stadium exit the south they're Like, well I came in the north well it doesn't matter you, you have to exit the quickest way and it's, right. it, people don't think about that again they're drunk they might be sad that their team lost a game or they're excited the team won or they're trying to get somewhere they're trying to get to their uber all that we got a lot of that like where's the closest ride here just exit the stadium and find it it's so much easier that right. way but the large it's very difficult to control that large of a crowd of people that rowdy after such a football game so definitely gives me a lot of appreciation for people that do that but again it could have been coordinated better. right we did not know where we were supposed to be stationed and where we were supposed to send people so it was kind of a group of like five of us were like hey these people came in the south we're going to send them out the south because everyone's supposed to be going out south and north entrances and we ended up getting we it was almost like a, a war zone we got pushed back 30 feet and had to open another set of doors to get people out just because we couldn't get people to walk a certain way now imagine if you guys needed to evacuate them it would have been, it would have been brutal it would not have been safe and again you talk about that we would not have been prepared for that at all we had no like the most they told us about exiting is uh send them to the south and north entrances and if it gets too crowded open these two doors which it did which we did i felt like we were prepared for everything in phoenix we were prepared for almost nothing we were prepared to tell people where the bathrooms were that's how it felt and Uh it's not due to people not paying attention either like yes when you get to your station, it's okay to tell your workers instead of telling them where everything is. Telling them go find the stuff. Tell find where the closest bathroom. Find where the closest media workroom is. Like find that stuff. That's okay, but not giving us an idea, like not giving us a solid plan t- for people to exit the building, seems like a huge miss on the NFL's mm-hmm. part. Uh, like it seems almost unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And it's good thing that we had. A, a, it was a lot of smart college students because we figured out. We need to back it up. We need to open these doors and we need to wall it off and only let people with credentials through. And we need to figure out how to get people to listen to us, which was literally make it so there is no room to walk through us, then open these two doors and just flush everybody out. Mm -hmm. So, Austin, I know you weren't part of the the
1: egress amongst the, the event, but was the ingress easy or was it difficult to manage?
2: It was people showing up on buses... Uh, throughout the whole thing, I was the one that experienced the most amount of people just because I was, like... The way it worked is that, like, they had the walkway of you going in and it split off in two directions. If you had to go to the on-location south, you went to the left, everybody else was going to the right. Um, So basically, I was directing everybody to the right. Um, But it was pretty easy. We had giant signs that we were holding up. The group I had was like six. So I stationed four of them over to, six including me, four of them over to the right side where everybody was basically going. And then one person, two people were over to the left where it was all location south because everybody had to go to the right. And then um, because I was freezing outside i was walking around quite a bit to try to stay warm and my the people i was with communicated every little thing to me and then if i needed to call it in i called it in um other than that it was i think it's easier for that like the ingress i've been to many stadiums i've been to Um, Raymond James in Tampa Bay I've been to Gillette, I've been to Fenway all these different places they all have their own ways of ingressing fans in State Farm Stadium and the way they did it on Super Bowl Sunday that was the easiest thing that I've ever seen getting just people in whether they be fans or staff workers because Mm -hmm. you have the same amount either way basically Um, so I wish Gillette did something like that. They have it better now that they have all those renovations in place. But like, other than that, when I went to Raymond James a couple years ago, you the whole place entered in through one entrance, unless you were going into a suite. Other than that, like, you were all filed into the front entrance of Raymond James Stadium, the part that overlooks the Tampa Bay. Um, that was probably the best setup thing that I've ever seen of any stadium that I've gone to. Whereas ours was chaotic. It was, mm-hmm. and they had a whole like plan, like to tell if someone
0: enter the wrong entrance, tell them to go this way. That plan was if someone enters the wrong entrance, tell them to go back to the entrance they entered, go up the escalator to the third level, then walk across go back down now that you're on the south side if you enter the north and then go find your seats and it's like do you need to have a way to sort this stuff before they enter the building because as a fan if i walk into a stadium and they're like oh you went the wrong entrance i'm like oh whatever and they're like turn around go up three stories then go back down three stories and then go find your seat it's like i'm gonna get lost or I'm just going to get caught in a crowd for 45 minutes. And, like, that was all they said. They were like, yeah, just do that. And I was like, no, we're we're going to – it wasn't as crowded as it said it would be. So, like, when people asked me how to get to their side, I told them to walk through the choke point because at the beginning of the game, no one was walking through the choke point. It's after the game. You can't send them because at the beginning of the game, everyone's coming in the main entrances, and it's like they're, they're, no one's really getting as far into the stadium because they walk in, and the, their bowl, their seating's right there. So I guess that's one good thing is that all the escalators are at the entrance. So you walk in, you don't have to go to the middle of the stadium to go up. You walk in, and you have the escalator to go up. And then you can find your your seat on your concourse. But listening to how it was set up at State Farm, it's, it seems like they were a lot better prepared for Ingress and Egress than Las Vegas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see how things will be next year and the coming years amongst next year will be in new orleans and during mardi gras so curious to see the the numbers and the capacity amongst all fans that are in attendance of next year's super bowl so appreciate you guys coming on here thank you for listening i'll see you guys soon